Amen, saints. Amen. As we prepare our hearts for the word of God, amen. Let us turn our attention to the epistle of Jude. The epistle of Jude. Amen. It is the second to the last book of the New Testament. Very small, one chapter book. But don't let the small size fool you. Amen. The epistle of Jude. Amen. The epistle of Jude. Starting at verse 1. Amen. Would everyone please stand for the reading of God's word. The epistle of Jude, starting at verse 1, you will find these words. Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. To those who are called, sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ. Mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This, this morning, I want to talk to you a few moments from the thought faith under fire faith under fire amen the, the, the book of Jude is a very small book Deacon Johnson amen but just because it's small does not mean it's not packed with theological implications amen Jude Amen, whose name is actually Judas. Amen, but he changed his name, amen, to Jude because the name Judas had been marred by Judas Iscariot. You do know that Judas Iscariot is the one who betrayed Jesus Christ, sold him for 30 pieces of silver. Amen. Amen, but that same Judas hung himself. He, he committed suicide after he had gotten what he thought he wanted. He found out that he was left empty-handed. And there are some folks who in this life are going to mistreat the, the body of Christ. Amen. They're going to do these things and at the end of their days, unfortunately, they're going to find out that they were empty-handed. 
after they did all of their dirt, amen, after they did all of their scheming, amen, and dreaming, at the end of the day, they're going to be left empty-handed. Because as we talked about in Sunday school, amen, that Jesus Christ said, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The victory is already won. Amen. I wish that they would listen to the word of God and heed it because they're wasting a lot of time. But we look at our text, amen, and we see that Jude says he is a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. This James that Jude talks about, amen, is the half brother of Jesus Christ. It's not to be confused with the sons of thunder when we talk about Peter, James, and John. Those boys, amen, James and John were the sons of Zebedee. But this James right here, amen, is the half-brother of Jesus. Therefore, Jude is also the half-brother of Jesus. And it's interesting to realize that God has a timetable for the believer's life. Remember his brothers and sisters, amen, had a hard time dealing with him as the Messiah when they were growing up. Amen. Remember that they really rejected him as being the Messiah because that's just our older brother. Amen. He's the same brother that we's out there in the in the in the carpentry area with daddy working on carpentry. Amen. Now all of a sudden he's gonna be God. I mean, can you imagine them growing up with them? Even though they saw that he was a good kid, amen, they would have issue with seeing that he was God. But God can get through stony hearts, amen. And what we find here as a testament is in the book of James and the epistle of Jude is that God has still his timetable. It was after God, Jesus Christ had walked the dusty streets of Jerusalem where Jude and James convinced that he was the Messiah. But amen, praise God, that they did believe, amen. And they are now part of the litany of those who wrote epistles in the New Testament. Wow. Amen. And so Jude says, I am a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Amen. What he's saying to us is he says that I am a servant of Christ, not involuntarily, but voluntarily. I desire to be a servant of the Lord. I desire to be a complete follower of him. And every Christian, amen, ought to do an introspective of their lives and find out, do we really desire to be a bondservant of Jesus Christ? Because being a bondservant of Jesus Christ will cause you to have to put some things down. Amen. Being a bondservant of Jesus Christ will have you to reprioritize your daily life. Being a bondservant of Jesus Christ will cause you to have to look at some things that are dear to you and have to set them aside for the cause of Christ. It's not a small thing to be a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Jesus says you must deny yourself and pick up the cross. Amen. There's a cross made for everyone. Amen. But a lot of times we even have good things in our lives that we're dealing with. Amen. That we see or 
good things, but are they the best things? Amen. There is a lot of missions that we can be on, but we are we on the mission that God has called us to be. Because we only have 24 hours a day. Eight hours of that a lot of times is caught up in sleep. The other eight hours is working on a job. So what will we do with that one third of time that God has given us to be on the mission field for him? Amen. And so when we look at our text, it says, to those who are called, sanctified by the God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jude, for allowing us to realize that no one comes to Jesus unless the Father draws him. He says those who are called. Amen. That means God's effectual call that calls us out of darkness into the marvelous light. Amen. I know some folks think that they just made a decision for the Lord and then they came. No, no one comes to God unless he draws them first. You got to be called out by the Lord to be on the Lord's side because there was no good thing in us. Paul says in the seventh chapter of Romans, oh wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from the bondage or this body of death? I'm glad he said who because we needed a who in his name is Jesus. So then we find that God is not through with us because he says, and sanctified by God the Father. When you come into the house of the Lord, and when I'm talking about house, I'm talking about his body. When you become a member of the body of Christ, you are set apart. You ought not do things like you used to do. You ought not think like you used to think. You ought not go where you used to go. There ought to be a distinct change in your life that makes you peculiar to the world. Come out from among them and be ye separate, the Bible said. So when we look at ourselves and we see ourselves as Christians, are we still walking with the world or are we distinct? Have we come out from among them to serve the Lord in a peculiar position? Have we become that royal priesthood, that holy nation, and it's in Jesus Christ? Because the text says, he says, and preserved in Jesus Christ. So many times I talk about this whole idea of God is not our co-pilot. Well, I know that sounds real good, and folks saying, and it's, it's, it's kind of a catchy phrase, but God is not our co-pilot. If he is your Lord, He is everything. You are not walking alongside of God, but you are preserved in him. You don't want God to look down when it's time for judgment and to see you and me. Because if he sees you and me, he's going to see some sin. And sin has to be dealt with. And God has enlarge a place called hell because of the hardness of hearts of men. Right. See, you don't want to be walking alongside God. You don't want to be flying in an airplane and there's two in the cockpit. No, you want to see Jesus and Jesus alone because he is righteous. He is the only one, the just and the justified. You want to be hidden in Jesus. When the Lord looks down on you and me, amen, I don't want him to see me, but I want him to see Jesus. Because that's the only righteousness that meets the standard of God. But then Jude, he says, mercy, peace, and love be multiplied 
unto you. How many of y'all know we got to have some mercy? Amen. Because if justice had its way, huh? We'd be sleeping in our grave. Am I right about it, saints? But mercy said what? No. So he says mercy and peace. The peace that surpasses all understanding. That that peace that that, that took enemies of God and made them friends of the Lord. That peace that took us from being afar off and brought us close unto the commonwealth of Israel. That peace that took us from on the other side of the cavern and brought us back to be children of the Lord. And the Bible said we have been part of a spirit of adoption by which we cry, Abba, Father. Which means, dear daddy, no longer are we just those on the outside, but we are now his children. But not just that, God didn't finish there, but he said he has made us joint heirs with Christ. So that the inheritance that Christ had, we will also share him. Eyes have not seen, nor ears have heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of men the good things that the Lord has in store for those who love So today, saints of God, we know that we have an inheritance that thieves cannot break in and steal. We got an inheritance, amen, that moth cannot corrupt. We have an inheritance uh, that rust cannot mess up. It is an inheritance that is sure in Jesus Christ. The Father has it in his hand. Jesus says when he comes back for his children, amen, he is the good shepherd, amen. He is the crowning king, and he will have our crowns in his hand. Paul said, there's a crown laid up for me. Amen. He said, I've been poured out like a drink offering. He said, I fought the good fight and I finished the course. But he realized that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. He realized that to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Even Paul had an issue at one point in time, whether to be gone with the Lord or to stay here for us. He loved us, but he loved the Lord more. Amen. And that ought to be our song. That ought to be our opinion. It ought to be that, hey, if the Lord decides to leave me here, I'll stay. But if he says, come home, I'm ready to go. Because we got a place that there's no more tears and no more suffering. Amen. In the presence of the Lord. But look at the text. Jew was happy around this time. Jew was was praising the Lord and saying, mercy and peace be multiplied unto you. And and the love of God. The love of God. The love that that looks beyond folks' faults and sees their need. The, The love of God that That same love that was demonstrated by Jesus Christ that while we were yet sinners, he died. He said, let that love be multiplied unto you. And then he says in verse 3, he says, but beloved, you whom I love, while I was very diligent to write you concerning our common salvation. What Jude is saying is he said, I wanted to write you about the joys of salvation. I want you to talk about how the joy of the Lord is our strength. He said, how we reach down into the wells of salvation and that we reap the waters of joy. He said, I wanted to talk about all of the good things that God has blessed us with in this thing called salvation. This experience, that's a supernatural experience that the world didn't give and the world can't take away. I wanted to talk to you about.
our common salvation, but there was something that I noticed that was more important to deal with right now because I saw something that was very concerning and the Spirit moved on him to deal with this first. Amen. Look at the text. He said he was, he was, he was coming to do that and he was diligent, but he found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. The faith of the people of God is under fire. Amen. Everywhere we look and everything we do, there's some pundit, there's some media mogul, there's some team, there's some government, there's somebody trying to tear down what God is building. There's somebody trying to say right is wrong and wrong is right. So Jude, even in his day, had to come and say, there's some problems here, y'all, that we really need to deal with, and you don't need to rest on your laurels. You don't need to get comfortable because you are a believer in Jesus Christ. There is some work to do to defend the faith. There's some work to do to keep standing for the truth. There's some work to do to say that we will not bow. We will not bow to the dictates of our culture. We will not bow to the statues of Nebuchadnezzar. We will only bow our knee to God. And the only way we can do that is by standing on his word. The world will tell you that right is wrong and wrong is right. Our culture is at an all-time high and trying to go higher to look at us as being hate mongers, amen, because we don't believe in same-sex marriage and we don't believe in homosexuality. We don't believe uh, that folks should come into the world one way and change their gender into another because God is a perfect God, amen. How we have been created is how he intended us to be, amen. And so now we're dealing in a society that says that It depends on your situation whether right is right or wrong is wrong. They're saying, well, that might be right for you, but that's not right for me. But last time I checked, our God was an absolute God. And so from an absolute God comes absolute what? Truth. So Jude is saying, contend for the faith. Don't get wishy-washy right now because the pressure is on. We cannot bow. Amen. The world will do whatever it can do to shut us up. Amen. But we are the, the, the keys to the kingdom. Amen. We are the ones who speak life because we speak life in the word of God. If anyone is to be saved, amen, they got to be saved by the word of God. So Jude is saying, stay with it. Stay with that which has originally been delivered to you and don't waver in your contending for the faith from Jesus Christ. The text says, look, look closely. The text says it was once and for all delivered to the saints. What Jude's saying here is, is his word hadn't changed. Yeah, times change, technology changes, but God is still the same. 
Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Lord said to the Israelites in Malachi chapter 3, he said, I am the Lord and I change not. He's not concerned about fads and styles and, and, and changes chronologically and folks getting more technology or less. God is the same regardless of what goes on in this world because God exists outside of the space-time continuum. Amen? Amen? So our text goes on to say, he said, for certain men have crept in unnoticed. See, that's just like the enemy. Sneaking around and being unnoticed, going behind the scenes and creeping in by night. Amen. They have crept into positions that they never should have been in. In Jews' day, there were, there, were, there were men who had crept into the synagogues, amen, who when they got in the position of priests and of Levites, amen, and they had really, they were false teachers, amen. They were workers of iniquity, but they had got in position because they crept in. And I contend with you today that there's a lot of creeping going on today. Amen. There's pulpits all over the country that's preaching a false gospel. Amen. Some of them are very prestigious. Amen. Have a lot of membership, but I don't care nothing about that. Amen. But is they preaching the word of God? We have our institutions of higher learning and seminaries where professors have come in who ain't saved at all, amen, and they're just in there for a job. But what they don't know is they're being used by the devil to try to tear down that which God has built. While men slept, amen, and this text says that certain men crept in unnoticed. They're creeping in everywhere. They're creeping in to our congregations. They're creeping into our leadership. And you must be aware. Because the enemy is crafty. Amen. You need to examine the things that, that I say up here from the pulpit. You need to look at the word of God and to see whether those things I'm saying are so. You need to look at the word like the Bereans did and search the scriptures and find out, is he a false teacher or is he staying with the word? Because you don't know where these guys are going to creep up at. They are crafty. Amen. In chapter 3 of Genesis, it said that the serpent was more cunning than any other beast of the field. He's not your average Joe. Amen. Amen. He is very cunning. So the text says, when they crept in, amen, they were long ago marked out for this condemnation. They were ungodly men who turned the grace of our God into lewdness and denied the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. First of all, this text lets us know that God knew about them before they ever were. If you look at the text, he says, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation. God is not surprised at what's going on. God knew this was going to happen before we ever were. Because God knows everything. And as a matter of fact, somebody didn't overthrow God to get this done because God has all power in his hand. And whether they like it or not, they're being used for a purpose in God's ultimate plan. Amen. And so in our text, we see that They came in and they turned the grace of God into lewdness and denied the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the text that talks about how they they have a 
a form of godliness, but they denied the power thereof. In other words, they had their own system of religiosity, Reverend Stevens. They had their own ways of looking pious, amen, but it didn't have nothing to do with the power of God. So they came in and they, they, they snuck in and they started teaching adherent doctrine and throwing folks off and getting people off track. Amen. Amen. But God knew exactly where they were. And one of the ways they did it, according to this text, is they took the grace of God and turned it into lewdness and denied the Lord God. Well. See, what they did is they took grace and made it a license to sin. There are folks today that are talking grace as a license to sin. Well, God knows my heart. Amen. Amen. And so they continue to be in their sin. Amen. Because they say that the grace has them covered. But God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sow, that he will also what? Reap. Amen. You can't keep just going on and on and on and on and on in sin and then come to the end of your life and be in sin and then say, well, God knows my heart. He does know your heart. And that's the indictment. He knows my heart. He knows your heart. And he knows our hearts need to be fixed. And that's why we call out to the name of the Lord. They that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. See, that's why we got to be hidden in Jesus. Because these old stony hearts and all of this hardness needs to be taken care of. We need to get lost in the master. So that when the rains come, that we will float to the top in the ark of safety. Amen. So as we look at our text. He says, but I want to remind you, though, that you once knew this and that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. Saints, as I come to a close in this text, amen, I want you to know that you don't have to fear what the world has to offer. You don't have to fear because God is a deliverer. Just as he delivered Egypt out of the bond, I mean, delivered the Israelites out of Egypt and that bondage, so can he deliver us. And God is just looking for some folks who will not sell out, who are aware of this creeping that's going on, that will keep on the road and path of righteousness for his name's sake. And God wants to do miraculous things in our lives. God wants to be in the streets when we're in the streets. He wants to be in the church when we're in the church. He wants to be in our homes when we're in our homes. He wants to be on our job when we're on our job. Because God is still saving men, women, boys, and girls, even out of wicked and perverse generation like we live. So saints of God, my encouragement today is to stay with it and don't quit. Even though our faith is under fire, we have to be like those three Hebrew boys, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Even though the king said he was going to throw them in the furnace, they said, oh king, we will not bow. They said, because our God is able to deliver us. But if our God does not deliver us, it does not mean that he can't. And they said, this day, let it be noted that we will not serve, we will not worship you, old pagan king, but we worship the only one true God. And that's how we have to.
to be. Uh, we got to serve the Lord uh, whether it's fire on the mountaintops uh, whether it's fire in the valley, Lord. We got to serve the Lord uh, because he's able to keep his children from all harm and danger because my Jesus and your Jesus has paid the ultimate price. Uh, they took him out Amen. Amen. There. 